Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. One day closer to Christmas Eve, which means one more day closer to a game day for the Raiders as they travel to Pittsburgh, take on the Steelers. Christmas Eve night is going to be a lot of fun. Cannot wait to see how this game unfolds. The more and more I think about this game, the more I talk about this game, the more excited I get for this game. feel like it'll be the Christmas special for the Silver and Black. And we all know if you've listened to me for any amount of time, I'm not a big guy into celebrating Christmas. I just don't get down like that. Don't do a whole lot of celebrations. We have no decorations at the house at all. Actually, we have a couple little small minor um, you know, decorations, but that's it. But this is going to be the holiday for me. This is going to be the fun time for me thinking about this game and, and watching this game come Saturday. Of course, you can hear the game. You can hear all the action right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Demon Cotton is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio making everything go. I'm in the home studio today and uh, be out at Buffalo Wild Wings tomorrow. We'll give you that location uh, later on in the show. So if you're around the area, you want to come on by, hang out for a little while or hang out for the whole show. Why not? You want to step on, stop on by and hop on the mic and give your thoughts? You could do that as well. Demond always loves it when I do that. <laughs> a real pleasure. <laughs> it's so funny. Every time, and I know people cannot see us, but every time I say something like that, Demond's face just starts, he just has that look on his face like, no, you don't really have to do that, Q. It, it, it's okay. It's one of those scenarios where it's, what's the worst that could happen? Well, I can think of the worst. <laughs> well, again, and I've, I've given you credit for this before, but that is your job to think about the worst first, right? I mean, you, I can think of all the good things that could come of it. You think of all the bad things that could come of it, and that's really a good thing. That means that you're on top of your game. So I'm not mad at you, but, uh, yeah, I always, I always like to have some fun when we're out and in, in about on location. If someone wants to stop by and give their thoughts, it's almost like a phone call, but in person. That's how I look at it. So come on by. Just remember to use your radio voice and not your hanging out with the homeboys voice, if you know what I mean. But that'll be for tomorrow. I'll let you know what Buffalo Wild Wings will be at later on in the show. We still have today's show that I'm excited about as we continue to turn the page and look forward to the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up at 2.30. Alan Saunders from Pittsburgh Sports Now. He'll join the show to give us the lay of the land, give us his thoughts on the team, how he thinks Pittsburgh can take it to the Raiders or how he thinks the Raiders could take it to Pittsburgh. Right? Kenny Pickett, rookie year, coming off a concussion. Uh, he's going to be the guy in action. He'll be the trigger man. So we'll talk to him about, you know, Kenny Pickett, what he sees from him. And, you know, one of the big subjects that came up when it was the draft process, DeMond, you know, one of the big storylines behind Kenny Pickett was hand size, hand size, hand size. And as silly as I think that that is, this game on Saturday is a game where hand size might matter because it's going to be so cold. So I'll ask Alan if that conversation has come up uh, over the Pittsburgh airwaves over the past couple days as they prepare for this game because, man, I'm telling you right now, the more and more I read up on it, the more I listen to other people talk about it, it is supposed to be so cold. There is tons of tickets available right now. If anyone was feeling froggy and they just wanted to go to the game, they have tickets to mine available for like 20 bucks. I mean, you literally can get tickets for 20 bucks. And, and think about it like this. It's Christmas Eve. It's 8.15 kickoff in the East Coast. It's cold as hell outside, so you can understand why there's available tickets. But if you're some of those cats that were just like, hey, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to go to the game anyway. You could do it with no problem. 
Yeah, tickets are going to be as low as the temperatures. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, there you go. Hey, that's a, that's a great way to put it, my man. That is an absolute great way to put it. Yes, there is tickets available as low as the temperature is going to be. That's how much you could buy a ticket for the game. And I said it before. I make no bones about it. I am not built for the cold. So I would not be the guy that's online looking for that $20 ticket. I'm like, I'm good. I'll stay home. Kick it. This will be the one time I actually want to kick it with the family at the house and, and watch the game. Normally, I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> we used to have a running joke when I was at ESPN Central Texas. They used to say that uh, they could, you could sign Q up for any assignment that he has to do on the day where the family is going to be at home because he don't want to be at home anyway. <laughs> so they'd be like, Q, uh, it's Christmas. Do you want to drive to Oklahoma to cover softball? Yep, sure do. Or, you know, it was just it didn't matter. There was no joke, Damon, no joke. And really, I, I caught all kind of hell for it. There was a time I had to go cover a softball tournament in Oklahoma. So I drove there and – uh, one of our da- daughters graduated uh, that weekend, so I missed the graduation because I was because I was at uh, the softball tournament. But that was just—I mean, you know, hey, was this like the World Series of softball? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a- absolutely. That's act- actually what it was. It was the College World Series. So yeah, I mean, it was a big deal. But I had to go cover it. But of course, I didn't get. Uh, it wasn't a good day at the household uh, when I had to go and break the news that oh, by the way, I got to go to Oklahoma. And then I said, well. If Baylor gets eliminated early, I could drive back. It's only like a six-hour drive. I could drive back and make it in time for, like, the after party. I won't, I won't be there for the actual ceremony. I can go back for the after party. And then all of a sudden it started pouring raining. Like, it was horrible rain. So after Baylor lost, because they did, it was like, hey, so you can drive back right now? And I was like, not in this rain. I'm, uh-uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm kicking it till tomorrow morning. I'll be back tomorrow. So it was not a good day in the household. Uh, when I when I broke that news that I had to go cover Baylor. But long story short, I find a way to go cover every kind of sporting event. But I'll tell you right now, in that kind of cold, I'd be willing to stay at the house and entertain the family and do whatever you got to do. You know, you get family to come over that you, you know, you're not real big fans of. You're just like, okay, got to entertain them for now, this, that, and the other. That's why, you know. I'm on airport duty this weekend. I know what you mean. Oh, that's the worst. How many How many trips to the airport do you have to make? Only two, but they're like back-to-back and late at night. Oh, no. So you got to go make a trip, go back, drop them off, and then go back again. Yeah, so maybe just rest for like an hour, like sit around, you know, shoot the breeze, and then uh, go right back. Yeah, and you can't, you can't tell the, the first family member that, uh, hey, you just hang out at the airport for a while till the other, the other ones come in? You know what? I wouldn't want to do that to them because it, it would be more like two hours. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I don't I tried. know. Would you do it? I mean, I would think about it. I would think about it. I wouldn't want to do it, but I would think about it. You know, but then again, the beautiful thing is that we don't live that far from the airport, so it's not really a bad, a bad quick, you know, fifteen minute trip to the airport, if that. So that's not, that's not too bad. But I feel bad for you, my brother, especially if you're gonna be, uh, if you're gonna go late night, because you know how it gets out on these streets late night, man. Nobody, nobody knows how to drive right now, let alone driving at night on a holiday weekend. So uh, you be safe out there in those streets. Well, two thirty, Alan Saunders, Pittsburgh Sports Now. He'll join us to talk all about them Pittsburgh streets and what's going on with the Steelers. Coming up at 3.30, Ray Brewer, managing editor at the Las Vegas Sun. He'll join us to talk all things UNLV. We'll also talk about National Signing Day, you know, what, uh, you know, some, some local prospects, where they're going. Of course, Zachariah Branch going from Bishop Gorman to USC. Bishop Gorman had 13 guys sign letter of intent. 13. 13. That's not bad, dog. That's not bad. If you, if you have a class that signs 13 letter of intents to go and play at the higher level, that's pretty awesome. And we know how good Bishop Gorman is, but even then, 13 is a lot of people. So we'll talk to Ray Brewer coming up at 3.30 about National Signing Day and also UNLV, their signing class. Seven they inked uh, under Coach Barry Odom. And that's not too bad, saying he's only been the head coach of the, the Rebels for, like, what, 
a couple weeks. So to be able to land seven people, Damon, that's not too bad at all. Yeah, it's not bad at all. And also, he didn't give him a time. He didn't have that much time like you just mentioned. But I do think that the recruits that they were able to get, I think not so much that it's the star power, but I do think that Bobby Petrino has a bit of effect of the offensive talent they're going to be bringing in. As he should. He's a very sharp offensive mind. I mean, he is. And, and look, you don't have to like him as a person or think that he's a good dude or whatever. That's fine. It doesn't really matter. I mean, he's had his, uh, his issues in the past. I mean, so many people have. And, you know, I'm not one to sit there and, and, you know, hold everything that happened to him in the past against him. You know, I think it's a good opportunity for him, and I think it's an even better opportunity for UNLV. You know, you get a guy that, that has a bunch of skins on the wall, a guy that's been there, done that, has helped put guys in the league, including Lamar Jackson. Right. I mean, you've had you, you've had a guy that's been there, done that. So he could say to these recruits like, hey, I know you're a quarterback and I know you want to get to the next level. I put this guy, this guy, this guy and this guy in the league with my offensive scheme. I can help you do the same thing. I think it's a great win for UNLV because it's not often that uh, a program like UNLV is going to get a sharp offensive mind like Bobby Petrino. So I think that's a good I think it's a good pickup, man. And I know you weren't big on Coach Odom when he got hired, but look what he did. He went and put Bobby Petrino there. So he might not have the big, sexy name. But Coach Petrino's got a little skins on the wall. So I think, I think they're heading in the right direction, man. But we'll talk to Ray Brewer coming up at 3.30 about that. Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio Network. He'll join us at 4 o'clock. My man Vegas Jess texted me and said, is Lincoln going to join the show today? <laughs> and I said, Lincoln is scheduled to join the show today. He said, is Lincoln going to join the show today? I said, he's scheduled to join the show today. But, Damon, you remember on Tuesday when we talked to him, we did say we talked to him again on Thursday, and he was good with it. He did say that. See? You know, he's like, talk to you then, fellas. Right, exactly. So I'm assuming that it's going to happen. Lincoln Kennedy, Raiders Radio, Raiders Radio Network, say that three times fast, will join us at 4 o'clock. Vinny Bonsignor will join us at 4.30. He's already in Pittsburgh because, you know, Vinny takes off a little bit early. He's got to get there, get the lay of the land. So he's there. He'll give us the, the temperature. He'll give us his thoughts, you know, all that good stuff. Vinny Bonsignor will join us. He's our normal Thursday guest at 4.30. Plus, he sent over some Mac Hollins from the Raiders locker room from yesterday. We got to Max Crosby. We didn't get to Mac Hollins, so we'll get to Mac Hollins in the show today as well. So Alan Saunders, Ray Brewer, Lincoln Kennedy, Vinny Bonsignor, Mac Hollins, all coming up on the show today. Plus, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Now, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Just want to give you a little side note, Damon. Our guy Jared hit me up and said, I wouldn't do it. I would think about it. LOL. So talking about talking about going making a couple trips to the airport and trying to tell, tell the family members, go ahead and wait, and I'll be there in a little while. He said, I wouldn't do it, but I'd think about it. So there's that. So... You're, 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 not in, you're, not, you're not by yourself in company like that. But uh, when you get stuck on airport duty, man, that's, that's a rough deal. That's what DeMond's going to be doing. But uh, thank you, Jared, for that, that little two cents chiming in on the show today. Now, getting into it, getting down to the, 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 the nuts and bolts of the show, want to ask the question, what concerns you the most about this upcoming game? We talked about the Franco Harris effect. We talked about that in great detail yesterday on the show. Don't know how much it's going to – you know, affect the game outside of, you know, maybe the very beginning of the game. But as far as the Pittsburgh Steelers go, as far as the weather goes, as far as the head coach goes, I mean, whatever the case may be, being on the road, I don't know. Christmas Eve, what concerns you the most about this upcoming game? So, Damon, I'll start with you. What has your attention? What concerns you the most about this game? 
a slow start. And I don't know what could contribute to it. I don't. It could be the weather. It could be not getting up for the opponent. But what has me the most concerned is that if this game is close early on, or if the Raiders aren't just aren't looking right, if they're not on their game, I just don't see it being. You know, like a slow start is what concerns me the most for this Raiders team. Right. No, that makes a whole lot of sense. And you know, when it comes to this game, for me, a slow start make that makes a ton of sense. That was something that I talked about. Heading into that Rams game, I really wanted to see the Raiders get off to a hot start, and they did. Problem is, they never did anything after they got off to that hot start. So, yeah, you can start fast, which is what I want them to do, but I also want them to maintain it. But for me, the biggest concern is what we saw from this Patriots game. And I think that that probably should be the biggest concern, and that's the fact that the Raiders weren't able to stop the run. They did not do a good job stopping the run at all against the Patriots on Sunday. Ramondre Stevenson himself went over 170 yards on the ground. If the Raiders have that kind of leaky defense when it comes to the run game, there's no chance they win this game. I'll just tell you that right now. If Najee Harris has a day that looks anything like Ramondre Stevenson, they're not going to win this game. And the reason I say that is because I think there's going to be a lot of running the ball from both teams. I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to throw it around the yard, and I'm sorry, I don't think Derek Carr's going to throw it around the yard either. I mean, now they're going to have to obviously, you know, use Devontae Adams, use Darren Waller, use Hunter Renfro to their, you know, in their favor, but... I just don't see Derek Carr throwing the ball like 35 times. I think that's unrealistic. Now, the one caveat with that is I could be completely wrong because all of a sudden the weather, the weather is not as bad as we think, right? We anticipate it. Similar to what we thought last Saturday when Buffalo was hosting Miami, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be ugly, right? I mean, it's going to snow. It's, it's going to be, you know, flurries on the field. And it was none of that until the end. It was cold, but it was really – it wasn't bad. It, it wasn't too bad to play a football game. I just think it's going to be really cold. I think there's going to be ice on the field. I just don't see this as a realistic game where you're going to see, you know, 300-yard passing games by either quarterback. I don't, I don't see it. Now, if I'm wrong, so be it. I'll be the first to be like, hey, well, that surprised me. That was a shocker. But I, I just don't see it. I think that this is a game where I could look at a guy like Josh Jacobs carrying the rock like 28 times, you know, 28 to 30 times. I could see Zamir White, if he's good to go, carrying it, you know, five to six times. Or maybe a Britton Brown if he gets the opportunity five to six times. I mean, realistically, I can see 35, about 35 to 40 carries on the day, depending on how many offensive snaps you have, obviously. But basically, uh, almost like a 75-25 as far as the, the, the percentage goes, uh, run to pass. And I think that that's going to be for both teams. But what concerns me, again, I'm not really concerned about the Pittsburgh Steelers and their run defense, and I honestly don't care. I hope their run defense is leaky. I just think that the Raiders have to figure out how to go and stop from having the run defense that they showed on Sunday against the Patriots on a short week and shore that up so they don't let a guy like Najee Harris go off. Because if they do, then I think it's going to be, like I said, a long day at the office for the Raiders there in Pittsburgh. But want to hear from you. Simple. What concerns you the most about this upcoming game? What has your attention? 702-365-9200. Who we got up first, Amon? Ellie in Vegas. Ellie, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? How you doing, man? Chilling. I'm concerned. Here's my concern. Okay. Twelve penalties. Ooh, good Sloppy one. Sloppy tackling. Mediocre play calling. That's my biggest concern. If they give up 100 yards in penalties, in other words, they give up a free field, yeah. they can't win the game. They, so they've got to tackle. They have to eliminate the penalties. And I'm not worried about the weather. Okay. That'll be for both sides. But I'm yeah. really worried about the penalties. Okay. I like it. I like it. Good call, my man. And the penalties, that's, I mean, great one. I really, I like the, the, the actually, I like the, uh, the the penalty call on that one 
more than I even like, you know, the tackling. And I think that the tackling, they'll, they'll do okay with that. I really do. Um, but I, the penalties, that is, man, that is huge. Because, again, in this game where I don't think that they'll be able to throw the ball around the yard as much as, you know, they would if they were playing at Allegiant Stadium, they might not be able to overcome second and 15, third and 20, right? Whereas they can have a chance when you can throw the ball down the seam to Waller or you can hit Devontae Adams on a big play. It might not be as easy throwing the ball and trying to pick up those second and long, third and longs because, you know, you put yourself in a bad position by way of penalties. So, really, I'm going to go ahead and just point to the penalties part of your call and say that is the focus right there. That is something to definitely be concerned about. Good call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, we always got to hear from Raider Fish at Berkeley. Welcome to the show, brother. What's on your mind? Hey, hey, top of the afternoon to you gentlemen. Uh, you know, I have a few concerns. Okay, Number what's your one, biggest concern? What's your biggest concern? Okay, the biggest one The biggest one is it's going to be C-O-D-E out there. Code. Hey, C-O-D-E. It's going to be cold, baby, okay? <laughs> and <laughs> Now, Carr has a chance to do some fancy editing on the narrative being written about him. Okay, oh, it's cold weather. It's East Coast. You can't win. Boom! He can rewrite that narrative this weekend, okay? Now, uh, Josh McDaniels. He has changed his philosophy on some things, okay? He had this running back committee, but J.J. and them is having an out-of-body experience this season. He says, you know what? We're going to let the dude do what he do. Well, you need to let Carr do that. So, this, you know what? Next three games, we need to have – we're going to – you know, we got the fun and gun, the run and the shoot, and, 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 and the K-gun. We need to name an offense. It's going to be called the carpool offense. And at least one <laughs> drive per – quarter we need to see up tempo spread making a point to snap that ball with only 15 seconds or more on the play clock because mcdaniels needs to do what uh jacobs did okay mcdaniels needs to look at cars and man this dude is more than effective this dude is outright deadly when it's up tempo and let car do what he does spread it out hurry it up at least one drive per quarter including this game we need to go up tempo and those are my concerns. Let Carr do what he does. Put him in the carpool offense. And get over the cold <laughs> stigma and the, oh, I can't win in the cold. Damn all that, okay? Show up, show out, and holler, just win, baby, when you go out. Raiders. There he goes, Raider Fish of Berkeley. Thank you for the call. You know, I think Carr's been doing a pretty good job in cold weather games as of late. I really do. I, I think that's why we really haven't emphasized Car in the cold weather games. I remember a few years back where that was a big time conversation. Anytime it led to a, a cold weather game, it's like, yeah, well, you know, Car can't do this, can't do that. But I feel like he's done a lot better. Honestly, Raider Fish, I don't think that they're going to be throwing the ball a whole lot. I really don't. And I could be completely wrong. Again, I have no problem being wrong. I just think it's going to be a heavy emphasis, like you would say, on Josh Jacobs and them. <laughs> right? I think it's just going to be a heavy emphasis. And so the, the offensive line is going to have to do their work. And, you know, of course, they want to run block anyway. they rather they rather run block than, than pass block, right? It's just, it just to me, if I'm visioning, and I'm, in my mind, this is what goes through my head right now. I'm looking at the field in my head, and it's really cold, and there's, you know, there's, there's chances of ice being on it, and it just doesn't feel like it's going to be a plain surface that's going to be, you know, it's going to be pro-passing, if you know what I mean. I just, I just think it's going to be one of those similar to what we saw last year uh, when Josh McDaniels went up against Buffalo and he ran that rock 63 times. I'm not saying it's going to be that extreme, but I think it's going to be something in, uh, along the same lines. 
It might not be that same make and model, but it's something that looks similar. <laughs> if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily. It might not be a Cadillac, but it might be a Chevy, if you know what I mean. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q, man. I'm, I'm concerned, man. I'm really concerned. You know why? Nope. All these Raider fans have probably never been in, like, you know, zero degrees or colder and have no clue what they're talking about when they say the weather isn't going to be an issue or they're not concerned about it. I've been talking about it. You know, both teams are going to have to deal with it. Um, but, it's, like, the one thing I just want to touch on, if you're a Raider fan, you're going out to this game, right, because I live in, I live somewhere cold, you know, and okay. I, I grew up in it. you got to take care of your body. So you got to wear layers. You can always pull layers off. So I just want to give, like, a quick, you know, kind of list of some things. If you're going out to the game, so Raider fans, dude, this is the kind of weather that can kill people, and I'm not even exaggerating. So you got to have like at least thermals, pants, and preferably like snow pants. You got to have like a like a thermal shirt, a sweatshirt, and then a coat. You got to have a neck warmer or scarf. You got to have really warm gloves. You got to have some hand warmers or uh, you know heated gloves or something like that. If the people that are going out there that haven't done the research and they didn't grow up in the elements, you're going in for a storm. You have no idea what you're getting yourself into. So if you're a Raider fan going to the game, don't don't pull out the tough guy. Uh, card because I've seen people be brought to their knees by weather uh, and conditions like this. And I've, I've had to uh, learn myself the hard way. So don't be me. Be smarter. Dress warm. And let's go Raiders. So there you go. Hardcore Raider right there gave you some tips on what you need. And you know what it sounded like to me, Damon? When he summarized all that, if you want me to put it into what my, my, my summary of that is, you need to stay your ass at home is what he basically said. <laughs> You need to have this, you need to have that, you need to have this, you need to have that, and I appreciate it. I love the way he broke it down because that's real. That's what I would do if I was going. Oh, I'd be layered up, man. Through and through, I'd be layered up and still probably be cold, but I love it. Did you he know? use the phrase, bring men to its knees? Yeah, yeah. yeah like, hey, man. I don't want to be in cold if it's like, hey, man, this cold will bring you down to your knees. Man, I'm Not, trying nope. to tell you. I know I've never been in some cold like Hardcore is talking about, and I've n- never been in cold that was as cold as what it's probably going to be like on Saturday in Pittsburgh. But I know doing sideline reporting one time at a, at a playoff game, a high school football playoff game in Texas, and it was so cold, and I had so many layers on, I couldn't even wipe my nose when it started running because I couldn't get there, right? I, mean, I just had so much stuff on. I could, it, was, it was bad. And then the coach looked at me and said, Q, you look like you're cold. And I was like, that's because I am cold, coach. It's not cold out here. It's brisk. I was like, yeah, okay, mountain man. I'm good. I'm a bruh. It's cold. That's the worst <laughs> part about cold weather. The people that are just built for it, that just right. have the natural immunity, saying it's not even that cold. Man, shut up. Exactly. It is absolutely that cold. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and look, and, and I'm sure that most of the people, honestly, that are going to go out there understand how cold it's going to be. I don't think anyone that's going out there has probably never experienced it because I don't think that would be the one that you want to go to when it's, oh, hey, I'm going to go to this game. Uh, I hear it's going to be really cold. Uh, okay. I'm going to go ahead and pick that one anyway. I, I just I expect that the people that are going to be there kind of have an idea of what to expect. And, again, another reason why I would not be there. Uh, 805 Raider, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r This game is exactly like last year's Browns game with Nick Mullins. Got to have it. Okay. I like that. Um, LJ said, my concern is our offensive line versus TJ Watt in that Blitzburg defense. Last week, our line gave up numerous wide-open blitzers untouched. We got to improve that communication. Otherwise, in this weather, it'll lead to turnovers, as I'm actually experiencing, uh, expecting more throwing than most. Oh, and he's expecting more throwing than most. Okay, cool. But, uh, yeah, the offensive line is going to have their work cut out for him 
And T.J. Watt is definitely going to be another factor. And that's another reason why I don't think the Raiders are going to throw the ball a whole lot. I think that they're going to you know, try to uh, neutralize that pass rush of the Steelers. And the best way to do that is run the ball. You know, and again, I'm not saying just be exclusive. I mean, you, when you have Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro, you got to use those cats. But, man, I just – I would be shocked to see Derek Carr throw that ball more than, like, 20, 20 times. I think, I, think, I think putting the number around 20 is pretty safe for this game on Saturday if it's, you know, if it's how I think it's going to be. So, uh, good, good stuff, LJ. Thanks for the text. I appreciate you. Glenn in San Jose said, what up, Q? What up, Damon? Turnovers, turnovers turnovers that's my concern we have to maintain control of the ball and turnovers are always a a major deal man and I thought that that turnover when when Derek Carr threw that pick on Sunday I thought that that was going to be a death nail for the Raiders that got the Patriots back in into that game right out of the uh, locker room and man I felt like that they were just about to seize that momentum and run with it right and it, it felt like they did really I mean they did a lot of good things following that pick six and the Raiders couldn't do anything to get their offense kick-started. So I thought, oh, man, that, that was the beginning of the end right there, man. Turnovers and big plays like that, that always has an effect on the, opposite, on the opposing team and the team that just turned the ball over. So protecting the ball, and it's going to be tough to protect the ball, and I, I don't want to just make it sound like it's, it's the only thing that matters in this game is the cold, but it's hard to hold on to that rock in the cold too. I mean, it's just, it's just a fact of life. So uh, continue to hit us up with your concerns. What are you most concerned about with this upcoming game? 702-365-9200. That's our Radio Nation listener line. Our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. What has your attention? Let us know about it. Alan Saunders, Pittsburgh Sports Now. He'll join us next to talk all things Steelers and Raiders. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Alan Saunders, Pittsburgh Sports Now, will be joining us in a matter of minutes to talk all things Steelers. Got some text on our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What concerns you the most about this upcoming game? What has your attention? Mailman Raider said, Q, my concern is we will not utilize DA, Devontae Adams, who has showed up, showed time and time again he can get it done in any kind of weather. Throw it to him, stick him. And I'm calling it this I'm calling it this game, Q. With it being cold, we finally see the Abdullah kick return touchdown. Nobody going to want to tackle him on special teams in that weather. That is from the Mailman Raider. And joining us now on the phone lines is Alan Saunders from Pittsburgh Sports Now. And, Alan, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. And we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about Franco Harris and his passing and the effect it could have on this game and the at least the emotions that are in the game. But for you, when you found out the news, and I'm sure you're probably like many, saw him around town or saw him on TV just the day before, what was it like when you found out the news of Franco Harris passing? It was just, you know, so tragic. This week was all about, it was supposed to be all about Franco, the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, and um, they were going to retire his uniform. And uh, it, it was just uh, very uh, poignant and sad that, that that happened here, you know, and that he didn't get to experience these things, which are supposed to be a celebration of him and, and what he was able to accomplish he said uh, in September when they announced that they were going to retire his number, only the third Steelers player ever to have his number retired, uh, he said it, it's like getting flowers when you can still hear to smell them. Mm. And uh, just, man, that 
that really struck me. Uh, he was doing a bunch of interviews on Tuesday night, um, and it's, it was hard to believe uh, when I woke up Wednesday morning uh, that he was gone. Yeah, I I know the feeling. Uh, not not exactly the same, but when I woke up and I saw the news, I, I couldn't believe it, right? Just because everything that was leading up to this week and this Saturday's game between the Raiders and the Steelers, the anniversary of the 50th uh, the 50th year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. So uh, what do you think the emotions will be like, at least you know early on in the game when those players come out the tunnel after the, they get that spirited speech from Mike Tomlin? You know, I was talking to some of the players this week, and, you know, it's not like – uh, they didn't want to win the game before, right? I mean, I, I think uh, I was telling one player, was like, you can't add to 100%. Like, we already, it was already going to want to win this game for him um, as badly as we could. And, and I don't think anything that's happened since then is going to change that. Uh, I think the biggest thing for the team will be their ability to focus on the task at hand this week during practice uh, and not let everything that's happening you know, in, in you know, with his death and and that process sort of bleed into their work this week because um, the Raiders are a good team and they are a bigger challenge than they've had in a few weeks and and they're going to have to be better than they've been if they want to do uh, what they want if they're going to do what they want to do which is which is on Franco Harris with the victory. Alan Saunders is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Wanted to get your thoughts on Kenny Pickett. He's coming back from concussion. He's going to get the start on Saturday. It's his rookie year. What have you seen from Kenny so far, and what do you think he has to do on Saturday to be able to weather the storm, and no pun intended because it's going to be super cold, but just continue to, to develop as a quarterback in the National Football League? I think we've seen steady progression from him. You know, it, hasn't, it wasn't like he took the league by storm, you know, his first game. He kind of got – thrown into the role a little bit. He was the third team quarterback until the very end of training camp. And then he was the starting quarterback in week four. You know, he was thrown to receivers that he didn't even, hadn't even really thrown to before. Uh, I think it's, it's been a, a progression and a development process. And maybe some people thought it would be faster because of how experienced he was coming out of college. Uh, but you've seen that steady progression. Man, he was really good in that Monday night football game in Indianapolis a few weeks ago, really good in Atlanta two weeks ago. And so I think this is a really important step for him to finish out this season. He's going to have to deal with some stuff he hasn't had to deal with before, right? I mean, almost nobody has to deal with feels like negative 11 at kickoff, <laughs> uh, for one. But also, like this is going to be a game where in the last four weeks or so, the Steelers have played some teams with some bad offenses, right? They played the Ravens with their third-string quarterback. They played the Falcons, the Colts, the Carolina Panthers. Like, those aren't – the Raiders are going to score points in this game, and the Steelers are going to need their offense uh, to move the ball down the field and, and score to keep pace. And that's uh, something they haven't really had to do a lot this season. So I think the combination, coming back from concussion, the elements, uh, the emotion of the week, and then uh, – a, a quality offense on the other side of the field. I think it's a pretty big test for Kenny Pickett here. What do you expect the, the field conditions to be like? You mentioned the temperature. We've talked quite a bit about the temperature here on the show, but what, how do you expect to, you know, is, is it going to be one of those games where you think you're going to see more more of the ground game than any kind of passing around the yard? You know, it, it seems like the snow is going to be on the ground well before the game, you know, mostly falling on Friday. They'll they'll cover the playing surface. It's heated. So it's not like we're going to see, you know, like a blizzard game like we saw up in Buffalo, right, where there's just snow everywhere. I think it's mostly just going to be about 
how people adjust to the cold. You know, hard to hold the football, hard to secure catches, um, could be some fumbles, very difficult kicking conditions. I think red zone offense and defense will become very important because, I, I mean, Akershire Stadium is notoriously one of the most difficult places to kick in the NFL anyway. You start throwing sub-zero temperatures and 50-mile-an-hour wind gusts in there, and it's going to be extremely difficult. But as far as, like, teams running their offense, I, I don't know. I mean, the Steelers don't throw the ball deep very often as it is anyway, mm-hmm. so I don't think it will really have a huge impact on their offense. Um, maybe because uh, the players from Vegas obviously not as, as used to the, the temperature, and, and I think uh, with players like Devontae Adams, maybe – Maybe the Raiders have a little bit more of a downfield passing game. It might impact them a little bit more. But I'm not expecting, you know, these guys to come out here in the single wing. You know, I, I think we're <laughs> going to see teams play in their offense. Alan Saunders is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. On the say, Ref, this is my man Demond's got one for you. Yeah, I want to stay on the quarterback position for the Steelers. Just looking at the raw numbers, Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky, both at 65% completion percentage, both have four touchdowns on the season, right around 179 yards per game. But Mitchell Trubisky has a higher quarterback rating, higher QBR, has taken less sacks. Is Kenny Pickett getting the start because he's the quarterback of the future, or is he better than Mitchell Trubisky right now? I mean, they're playing Kenny because he's the quarterback of the future, and that was a decision that was you know, made early in the season. Um, they came into the year with a plan that they were going to start Trubisky, and you know, Najee Harris was their first-round draft pick last year. They have a really good defense. That the plan was, okay, run the ball, play good defense, and just get okay quarterback play, and maybe that can get us through the season. And T.J. Watt got hurt early in the season. The defense wasn't playing that well. It became clear that that plan wasn't going to work, right? That, that just Even if Mitch Trubisky is the best quarterback they have right now, that overall plan wasn't going to work. And so they kind of just made an early decision to turn the page and see what they have in Kenny Pickett and start to look towards the future. And so far, I mean, he hasn't been great, but he's been basically about what they would have gotten out of Mitch Trubisky anyway to this point. And you mentioned that the Steelers don't throw the ball deep as it is, but who are the receiving weapons? Because I think George Pickens, he was expected to be a bigger role, has a bigger role in this offense, but he just hasn't. Yeah, George Pickens is one of those guys that he will not um, see the ball seven, eight times a game. But uh, if you're a fan of the other team or you're a defensive coordinator, you're kind of holding your breath every time they throw it to him. <laughs> uh, it doesn't seem to matter how covered he is. He catches a lot of them, and even really difficult ones. Um, he's averaging over 15 yards of reception, uh, and he's a very dangerous weapon. But teams have also been able to take him away. I mean, we saw last week the Carolina Panthers, you know, they, were, they had an injury to their number two corner. So they had J.C. Horn. And they had Keith Taylor, who's a backup. And they played Horn against Pickens, and they left Keith Taylor out there against Deontay Johnson. Now, they kind of minimized Pickens. I mean, he did have one 30-yard catch, but uh, he only finished the game two, two for 53, something like that. But Deontay Johnson had 10 catches, five for first down yardage. So, I mean, Pickens is good, but he's not good enough to just be so dominant that you can't do anything about him. But I think it, he is good enough that he forces defenses to make a choice. Who do they really want to – who do they want to shade coverage to? Where do they want to use their prime coverage assets? And that can open things up for Deontay Johnson, Pat Frymuth, and in the running game. The Steelers have been running the ball pretty well second half of the season. Najee Harris had a Liz Frank spring coming out of training camp. He looks really good the last few weeks. 
Talking right now again with Alan Saunders from Pittsburgh Sports Now here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So for the Steelers to win this game, what has to happen? What do they need to do really well to win this game Saturday? They need to stop the run, and they need to do it without making obvious sacrifices and pass coverage. I mean, I think okay. that most teams can stop the run if they put nine guys in the box, mm-hmm. uh, but you can't do that with Darren Waller and, De- and Devontae Adams running around. Uh, so they've got to stop the run with, with minimal personnel investment to the running game, and that's been the, a struggle for them this year. Uh, you know, They stopped Carolina. Carolina had been running the ball really well coming into that game last week, and they had – uh, nothing going at all. Deontay Foreman had like 19 yards on 11 carries or something like that. Mm. Um, they really just completely shut it down. They're not going to be able to do that and, and just leave guys open in the back end against the Raiders because Derek Carr can make them pay for that. So it, it's a much bigger challenge on defense. And, and I think because of that, like their offense is going to need to do more than they've done. Right? They can't just go into a game thinking, okay, 20 points is going to win this one on offense. Like I don't think they can have – that thought process here, they're going to be, need to be more dynamic than they've been on offense. They're going to need Kenny Pickett to do more than they've gotten from the quarterback position lately. I think this is a tough tough matchup for the Steelers. Uh, I think they have a blueprint to win it, but, but I think they've got to play better than they've played the last – even though they won three of the last four games, I think they have to play better in this game than they did in those games to get a win. Now, I don't expect Derek Carr just to throw the ball around the yard a lot. I, I think it's going to be a lot of ground and pound with Josh Jacobs and company, but – uh, if, if if the ball is in the air, how do you expect the Steelers to defend Devontae Adams? Will it be like a shadow-type defense, or will they, you know, double-team? How do you think that they defend Devontae? Well, they have a two two real weapons here at their disposal. I mean, they, they can move Cam Sutton around the formation a little bit, um, especially if the Raiders are moving Devontae Adams around. That is probably what they'll do. Um, guys that play in the slot and outside, he, he's kind of the guy – for that job, and he's had a pretty good year uh, in that role. They also have a three-safety nickel that they like to roll out there where they play DeMonte KZ as like the sort of backfield guy, and that frees up Minka Fitzpatrick to just roam around uh, the the middle short areas. And what they've done with that is they've kind of turned some some very versatile receivers into – uh, all that's left for him is to throw deep because quarterbacks do not like throwing towards Minka Fitzpatrick. He's going to the Pro Bowl, likely to be an all-pro, I think, for the third time in four years. And he will make you pay if you throw the ball carelessly in his direction. So I think that's what the Steelers will do. They'll probably shadow him with Sutton. They'll probably try to get Minka Fitzpatrick in some unpredictable places and make Derek Carr account for him. And I think as a result, I mean, if I'm looking at this game from a matchup standpoint, I, I think I like – the, the Raiders' depth of receiving. You know, they've got two really good tight ends. Um, is Renfro going to play? I think, you know, he, yeah, he's he a guy that, that, can be, yeah. they, that can be dangerous as well because I think the Steelers have a good enough secondary to take one threat away, but I'm not sure they can take four or five guys away. You're mentioning that the secondary may not be able to hold up against that receiving depth, but what about this Steelers' defensive line against an injured Raiders' offensive line? The biggest thing there is got to stay out of third and long. Uh, the Steelers are really good at pass rush when they get in those third and long uh, situations. They're not that great against the run. So I, I think you're going to see a Raiders offense that's going to be a lot of handoff, handoff on first down and second down, yeah. trying to stay out of those third and long situations and then you know, hope, hope that they can use Jacobs 
and and just lean forward. I think you can beat the Steelers front seven in the run game. They're tough uh, in pass rush. Man, Cam Hayward is um, an ageless wonder there. Uh, his his bull rush has been impressive, not letting guys step up into the pocket. You know, especially against quarterbacks that aren't that mobile. You know, guys like mm-hmm. Andy Dalton and Tom Brady that they've played, they've really been able to affect guys by just pushing the front of that line back into the quarterback's face uh, and not giving him a place to step up to. And then, of course, T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith on either edge. If you like edge rusher play, if you're fanatical about guys rushing the passer, this is going to be a great game to watch because there's four guys, yep. uh, two on each side, that can really get after it. Another question that I've been curious about with this Pittsburgh defense over the season, what type of impact or effect has Brian Flores had with the team? You know, it's interesting. I don't think it's been it's super noticeable from you know a casual fan standpoint. I think the one thing we're seeing is a lot better play from – the inside linebacker position. Devin Bush was a guy they traded up to get in the first round. You know, they really, really wanted him and thought he could be a star type player um, and, and really has struggled the last uh, last year. And, and, and so he's kind of turned things around pretty significantly. And I think you can attribute a lot of that to Brian Flores. Also, I think you're seeing them do a lot of those things we talked about with the multiple safeties, moving Minka Fitzpatrick around the formation and Terrell Edmonds, I think, has really come into his own as a player since they've gotten Flores and, and also promoted Terrell Austin, defensive coordinator. Terrell Austin was a secondary coach before. Now he's a defensive coordinator. I think he's using that secondary um, more to its full potential than they were in the past. You're going to see Terrell Edmonds against Waller, I think, almost the whole game. That, that should mm. be a very good matchup to watch. He, he really minimized Mark Andrews. Uh, for the Ravens earlier this year. So that'll be a big test for him, especially in the red zone. There you go. That's one to, to circle. Circle that one, DeMond. Let's put that one down and make sure we pay attention to that. Terrell Edmonds is a heck of a player, and Darren Waller coming back from injury, got in the end zone last week. It should be fun to see that matchup this week. Well, Alan, fantastic stuff, man. What do you got coming out on Pittsburgh Sports now that we should be on the lookout for? Maybe give Raider Nation a little bit more insight on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was just writing today about why the Steelers don't always throw the ball to George Pickens a ton, uh, just because of that. You know, we talked about that ability of, of, of defenses to, to take him away and make them go to Johnson and Frymuth. Also, just writing about Kenny Pickett. Two concussions in 10 games is not a, um, is yeah. not a sustainable career path. And so, uh, what he's doing or not doing and what the team is doing to minimize that going forward is, is a big story for him. And, his career, and also, I mean, it's important for the team, too. The value of a first-round draft pick kind of hangs in the balance of them getting that figured out. So that's that's the two big stories we got going on today. That's a big one. That's a big one. Didn't even talk about that. But, yeah, Kenny Pickett with two uh, concussions already, man. That is a big deal. So that's, that's a great little nugget right there. Alan, fantastic stuff, my man. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you. Enjoy the game on Saturday, and have a happy holidays. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, there he goes, Alan Saunders, Pittsburgh Sports Now, at A Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, and here with us on Raider Nation Radio 920. That is less than ideal, and we didn't even bring that up, but, uh, yeah, two concussions in ten games is all bad. You know, we talk about what was going on in Miami with Tua, and I don't think he's out of the woods yet either, right? I think that he's got to be very cautious moving forward because of the injury history and the concussion history he's had, but two in ten games, all bad, man. So that's one of those situations, DeMond, that I look at now – if he happens to get sacked on Saturday, and I don't wish injury on anybody, it'll be a concern, right? Just to see how he falls, see if he goes down hard. I mean, that's when you start getting concerned, and it's only been 10 games, and he's already had two. Man, 
Not good, brother. Not it's good. almost in that territory of just shut them down. If he takes another big hit for the rest of the season, shut them down. They might have to. They might have to. And, again, I don't wish injury on anybody, but those concussions are nothing to play with. 2.47 is the time. When we come back, we'll get to your calls and some more text on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What concerns you the most about this upcoming game? What has your attention? And you can even react to what you heard from Allen because I'll tell you right now, the weather sounds like it's going to be bad, but it, it, he kind of sounded like he shed a little bit of sunshine on the game a little bit. We'll talk about it next. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll hear from Mac Hollins in the Raiders locker room, him and Vinny Bonsignor, a group of others in the later Raiders locker room. Also, we'll hear from Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. They met with the media yesterday, so got a couple sound bites from them. But Mac Collins and Vinny Bonsignor, you'll uh, you'll hear that coming up at the top of the hour. But Raider Nation, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and also our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. What concerns you the most about this upcoming game? What has your attention? Got a really good call earlier talking about penalties. Penalties, tackling, and I can't remember what the third the third point was, but it was I know penalties and tackling was two out of the three, and penalties is what I was really emphasized on. Like, wow, that's a that's a really good point. You can't afford to get like uh, we just heard from Allen. You can't get afford to be in second and long, third and long. If you do, those guys are going to pin their ears back. T.J. Watt's going to have himself a day, right? Cam Hayward's going to have himself a day. Those cats can get to the quarterback. So if you put yourself in second and third and long, then all of a sudden you could be in trouble. Uh, one of the big points of emphasis that I had, something that concerns me about this game, is the Raiders and their run defense was not good on Sunday against the Patriots. They've got to shore that up. You don't shore that up, they're going to be in trouble. It's going to be a long day at the office because Najee Harris is going to want to run the hell out of the rock. Alan Saunders, who we just talked to, has got a little preview of the Pittsburgh Steelers, said he, got, he was injured early coming out of training camp, but he looks a lot better now. We're waiting on Thursday's injury report. Have not received it yet from the Raiders or the Steelers. So when we get that, we'll pass that along. I know he was dealing with the hip injury, but I expect him to be out there on Saturday uh, taking on the Raiders. So we want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. That's the com text line at 702-365-9200. What concerns you the most about this game? Jason in Maryland said, I'm with the pit reporter. I think the offenses will run their schemes with less deep passing. I'm in Baltimore area. It's like 50 and raining now, but tomorrow the temperature drops. They're not predicting snow. It seems that the wind will be what drops the temperature, but we got to kind of wait and see. The entire East Coast is hitting single digits as a low this weekend. As of right now, it's just looking like it'll be really cold. I'm expecting short passing game combined with the run. They'll have to stay on schedule. I don't know if they can – do that, go and run heavy. And that's from Jason in Maryland right there who's dealing with the elements. And stay safe out there, brother. Stay safe, stay warm. You know, I know that the whole East Coast, like you said, is getting hit, and that's, uh, that's brutal, man. I mean, it really is. I, I don't, like I said, don't know those cold temperatures offhand. I, I think that, you know, these temperatures here in Vegas are cold enough. And believe me, they are cold enough. It's nothing compared to what you're going to be facing there on the East Coast. Uh, Vegas Pete said, Q, Need I ask what's for Christmas dinner? Does it start with a C? <laughs> talking about ch- talking about uh, chicken, chicken, rice, and beans. <laughs> that was <laughs> if you don't know the story behind that. I always talk about the wife and the fact that she always likes to cook chicken, rice, and beans. And I promise you, Vegas Pete, every night she'll come to the house and say, "Hey, what do you guys want for dinner?" And then we won't respond, and she'll say, "I'm cooking chicken," and we say, "Of course you are." So chicken, rice, and beans. And so it was funny. Right before we went into the Thanksgiving holiday, I was doing the show from here at the house, and she was home. 
and I read a text, and it said something about what's your Thanksgiving dinner, chicken, rice, and beans, and I read it out loud, and she was changing in our in our bedroom, and all of a sudden you hear yelling out of the room, I love chicken, rice, and beans. Stop talking about my dinner on the – it was hilarious. It was one of the funniest things ever. So, uh, yeah, very well done there, Vegas Pete. Very well done. I appreciate you. 702-365-9200. Demond, who we, who we got up? Antonio and Modesto. Antonio with a 209. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, uh, happy holidays to all you guys out there in Vegas, man. I, I think my biggest concern, and you're going to call me crazy, <laughs> and it's the Franco Harris element. Um, I think Mike Tomlin, the Roonies are going to come down to the locker room. They're going to talk to those boys in there and, and pump them up. I think um, the Raiders are a better team. I think the Raiders are going to come out. But I think this is going to be an emotional game, obviously, but it just brings back a lot of memories for me as a kid. I was seven. In '72, I remember. Um, I remember Snake's touchdown. Um, I remember the, my dad being so upset and Christmas being spoiled. But I think it's going to be an emotional game. I, th- I think any true OG Raider fan that knows way back, way way before the Raider Nation and with silver and black commitment to excellence, knows the meaning of the Raiders and Steelers rivalry back in the day. And I think you know, even though you say tickets are twenty-two dollars, I think those people that live in Pittsburgh are going to bundle up and show up. And I hate to say that. But I, I just hope that we play our A game and get this. But like I said, my concern is that Franco Harris, the LPs. I just ran some Steeler fans up here in, in Modesto that are sporting their five rings or six rings, whatever they got, their jackets, man. And um, they ride hard out here, man. But uh, I just hope we show up and, and, and show up and show out uh, on, on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to you guys, man. Hey, happy holidays to you, my man. Great call. Great call. And I don't think you're crazy at all for the Franco Harris effect. I definitely believe there's going to be uh, a little bit of energy and a little bit of emotion because of that. I don't know how sustainable that is, honestly. I don't know if that's going to be something that they can, you know, that they can use that and channel that throughout the course of the game. But I think especially coming out of the locker room, I think those guys are going to be amped up. And it's funny, I, uh, I was talking to my guy, Dr. Andy, earlier today, and uh, he was saying, hey, they might come out of the locker room too amped up, right? I mean, there's a certain thing. You've got to be able to channel that. Either you're going to be too amped up or you could be just fired up enough where you really come out clicking on all cylinders. The question is, and this is what I said on yesterday's show, the Raiders have to be able to weather the storm. And if they can weather the storm, it's almost like a fight. Once you get through the first round, the second round, and, and you know the, the, your opponent has already emptied the clip on you and you're still standing, you're good, it's like, okay, now you're ready to fight? All right, you, you done all that? You made your statement? Now you're ready? All right, let's go. That's what the Raiders have to do. They have to weather the storm because there's going to be a storm brewing. 258 is the time. When we come back, you hear from Mac Hollins as we kick off hour number two of the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.